Hi, and welcome back to My Streaming Bubble, the podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. In today's bubble, I have back with me Laura, and we talk about the Netflix original series special. We talk about this funny and sweet show and what it means to feel represented in TV and movies. So please join us in this special spoiler-filled episode. Thanks again, and keep streaming. Oh, and there are minor spoilers for the TV series, The Boys. All right. Um, hey, guys, and thanks for uh, <laughs> joining us for another episode of My Streaming Bubble, the podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. Today, I am tolerating Laura once again, and she is. we are doing it over Skype because we're very, very, very busy moms who live kind of far away from each other. So we're trying something new ish. So welcome back, Laura. Thanks for having me again. Or <laughs> having me again. <laughs> You're welcome. So today today we have two shows that we're gonna try and talk about, I think. So we'll start with the first one. We'll start with special because well I really liked it. I watched it based off of your recommendation. I really enjoyed it. I liked uh, the characters. It was funny. It was lighthearted. It didn't get too heavy, but there were still some pretty kind of serious subject matters, but addressed in a kind of, I guess, a a fun and funny way. Yeah. um, Thanks for watching it just because I asked you to. That was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Always looking for new shows recommendations and it was a short you know and it's a short season so it's only one season it was what like six or eight episodes i think it was eight yeah and they were like 15 ish minutes long so easy to sneak in in between doing other things yeah and i felt like the episode links worked with the story that they were telling within like each episode kind of just enough to kind of address it and but still enough to be like oh what's gonna happen next and go into the next episode and but yeah I thought it was it was funny the opening um the first episode where when he's walking down the street and he trips in front of that kid <laughs> and what is it like he just tells the kid like he has cerebral palsy and the kid just screams and runs away yeah like he's some sort of leper or something <laughs> I gotta be honest with you, I burst out laughing when he tripped, so even even before <laughs> and and I feel like um, with it being a podcast and being audio, we should just make sure that for those that don't know, Laura has CP, so she's just not she's not being just a dick and laughing at someone with CP falling down. <laughs> it's, okay, wait, there's wait, more let's to it than it. just wait. the physical humor of it. <laughs> Let's be clear. It's a little bit of both. It's a, very true. It is a little bit of both because you are but kind I of can a do that because because it's my group. <laughs> yeah, you're the I um. I can't even say that without laughing. <laughs> um, but then yeah, his whole like conversation with his physical therapist was hilarious. It was hilarious, but for me, I was like, oh my god, I'm not the only person who said something that inappropriate in that setting. God, like he's just like ripping on like the other people that are do they're doing like CP or not <laughs> doing CP doing PT. <laughs> we do CP. We do this is yeah. voluntary. 
Oh, that whole conversation was amazing and it was hilarious. And I loved how the physical therapist was like, you just said like 17 offensive things. <laughs> yeah, we, we need people in our lives that tell us how offensive we're being just so we're aware of it. Not so we can change, but right. just so we're aware of it. Just so you know, so that way you can maybe gauge future offenses. I don't know. <laughs> well, unless you put some sort of quote on it today, like, okay, my limit is... I don't know, 30 times. Uh, I've just used 17 of in a half hour appointment. Okay, good day. You're going to walk around with one of those like clicky um, dial things that little counters. Um, oh, yeah. Finally, I used for those. They use them at bars, like oh. the ones you have to like stand in line for, ones I don't go to anymore. Oh, I don't stand in line. Yeah. So, yeah. So, first episode, and then, yeah, he gets hit by the car. And yeah, then, kind of. And then just like letting everyone think that he has the limp from the car accident and not being honest. Yeah, look, I gotta admit, growing up, there were times where I just wanted to pretend it was something else. But I had the um, fortunate and yet unfortunate additions of a twin brother and a, a advocate mom. So everybody knew. <laughs> <laughs> There was no, like, hiding it or trying to pass it off as something else. No, as much as, like, I, I did like this show, but I also felt that um, being an able-bodied straight female, it wasn't, like, I wasn't their target demographic, and that's okay. So, but I just didn't feel like I could relate as much to what, like, Ryan was going through, the main character. Right. Uh, so... From your perspective, I guess, as someone with CP, how relatable for you was um, was Ryan and that aspects of what he was going through? Oh, my God. So relatable. <laughs> <laughs> so relatable. The extent, the extent of which I sometimes wonder if I really should admit. But, yeah, <laughs> it was... I. Some of the things that he said were like spee moments for me watching the show. It's like, oh, yay, I say that too. Oh, I totally understand what it's like to be disabled, but not disabled enough mm -hmm. in the eyes of people. And, you know, that whole aspect of it. I'm like, see, this is what it's like for me. And watching it with, well, watching most of it with my husband, who's able-bodied, straight, white man. He's like, he's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny, I guess. I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> See, and I found, I mean, I didn't find, the, like, some of the things he said necessarily, like, you know, I mean, like, relatable for me, but just in conversations that I've had with you over the years and kind of getting a little bit more of that insight of what that world, what your world is. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there's a lot of aspects to it, um, you know disability for for ryan is it's just one aspect of his his character and uh kudos to the creator of the show the guy who played ryan and you know wrote a book about his life as well um he chose to make that the central aspect i know a lot of the show is centered around his you know trying to break into the whole dating scene and growing up in that respect but um disability was subtly in, in in a lot of ways but still front and center you know mm -hmm. and he's later been interviewed about the show and explained that he did that because it's actually easier for people to accept his being gay 
than it is for people to accept his being disabled. And being both presents its challenges. Hmm. So, um, and he's, he's right. Yeah, he's not, I mean, hmm. I hadn't thought about that, but that's interesting. Brian O'Connell. Brian Hayes, yep. Um, Sorry, I had to look up the actor, creator, star. But, um, what was I going to say? <laughs> I'm prepared. <laughs> yeah, so from, from, you know, my perspective, like, while I didn't understand or relate to a lot of what the character was going through, because I'm not single either, so straight or gay, I can't imagine being single in this day and age. Well, I was I was not too long ago, so I can tell you it ain't fun. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be, so the whole, yeah, him getting his V-card punched with a sex worker. Yeah, you know what, that was a really fun interaction between the two. It really was, and I thought they were super, I was like, are they going to end up together, because he's so nice he was like the most obliging person ever Mm -hmm. but you know they were i really okay it wasn't just the fact that that scene was kind of cute and they were they were really nice together and all that kind of stuff it it was a really nice way to bring up that subject in terms of, of disability and disabled culture Like, a lot of disabled people only experience that aspect of their lives to whatever they're able to through sex workers. Mm -hmm. So um, there's no, there's no, like, disabled-specific sex education or support groups. And, uh, yeah, like you said, being single in this day and age would really kind of suck. It sucks even more as a disabled person because there's always a chance you're going to be discriminated against just because of that. So, I don't know, it, it, it really... Really humanized that whole interaction and made it less taboo, less dirty, less like oh we can't we can't show that we can't have that that's awful. Yeah. So I was really pleased that they included that, especially to the extent that they did. They didn't just kind of like gloss over it and imply things and then go black screen and just move mm-hmm. on to the next scene. Yeah, they they went for it. <laughs> yep. They were, and they all were... awkward glory. Oh my god, yeah. Because then, yeah, didn't he like knee him in the face? And <laughs> yes. He tried to like take help take his shoes off because Ryan's like particular about like his shoes or his feet or something. And yeah, he just <laughs> kneed him in the face. Yeah, well, oh. he's trying to be as independent as possible or portray himself to be as independent and graceful as possible, which yeah is difficult to do in one his CP. Yeah, kind of got a sense of that in, um, you know, the episode where he gets like his apartment and the the table, you know, letting his, you know, telling his mom he's going to put the table together. And then someone comes over and puts the table together for him. And then she's like, later, the mom's like, oh, you did it. And he's like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just kind of went with it. (laughs) I got to admit, in that respect, I... It wasn't as relatable for me. Don't get me wrong. I would have had difficulties putting the table together, but I don't think that some of my symptoms with CP are as severe as his. Or mm-hmm. if they if they are, it could just be the fact that um, I wasn't living in such a, a, a babied environment. Sure. It was sheltered in some ways. Like, you know, my parents wouldn't let me play sports in school or anything because they didn't want me to get hurt. 
Mm-hmm. But when it came to doing things for myself, I wanted to do things for myself and they wanted me to do things for myself. And whenever anyone told me I couldn't, I was like, fuck you, watch this. Mm-hmm. And I felt that um, some of like his mom, some of the things that she had said to him, um, I think it was the episode where she, well, she goes over there and unclogs his toilet. I think yeah, that's the episode. That was awful. And, and poop knife. Have you ever oh, heard of yeah, that? Oh yeah, poop knife thing. I'd heard about uh-huh. that. Yeah. First, and when I read about it, that was the first I'd ever heard of a poop knife. I was like, that was that's not normal. You just you had a plunger, you took care of it. There was no breaking up anything. Right, um, but anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So it's like that episode. She goes and like unclog, hand scoops his fucking toilet. Oh my god. No. But no. It's like something she says to him about. You know, if he couldn't do this, then this would have happened and kind of laid out like the string of worst case scenario type events. And I can't remember the ex- the exact stuff she was saying, but I just felt like that has to be very like damaging to hear um, throughout your life. If it's kind of like a backhanded concern, like I'm concerned because you can't do this type right. statements um, or that, you know, it... I wish I had written down what it was that she had said, because, you know, what if you couldn't do it, then this and this and this would happen. And I just felt like, especially for Ryan being the age that he was, doesn't necessarily need to be hearing that kind of shit. No one really needs to be hearing that kind of shit. But on the one hand, she's right. You should think about these things. But you know what? Okay, you've brought up these scenarios. Why not strategize a way for him to be able to handle it? Right. Sure. Right. And that's what I mean. She was she was like in conflict with herself the whole time and not just in in her personal life but in terms of her relationship with him because Mm -hmm. on one hand she's a nurse she takes care of people as her job she takes care of her mom she takes care Mm -hmm. of him she's just used to taking care of everybody and Mm -hmm. she knows to take care of health things and yeah doing things like hand scooping a toilet wouldn't freak her out because she's probably done worse on the job sure but on the other hand she wants her son to be independent she wants to be able to live an independent life too but it, it just seems like whenever Being able to let go in, yeah she just couldn't let go like she she panicked and pulled him back in so i think some of it was on her too oh yeah yeah i mean it, it just seems like yeah she's while ryan's going out and branching out and kind of exploring this new aspect of life of being independent and having that job and everything she's coming to terms with you know, empty nest kind of syndrome, you know, he's out on his own and trying to, trying to step back and trying to be less hands-on. But, you know, if that's the role that she's been in, like his whole life, then that's gotta be hard to let go. Plus, you know, yeah, being a nurse and, and caring for her mom who clearly has signs of dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gotta be hard to just, that that's who, she, that's part of who she is as a caregiver. So yeah. And especially and, when you know, it's your child. Right. And it's only been a just... for so mm-hmm. long. Yep. And I do have to say, like, I was really happy when, um, well, first when she's like all eyeballing Silver Fox neighbor dude and <laughs> Ryan calling her out and calling her, what was it? What's that fucking rear window? Rear window. Because she kept like watching him like <laughs> with the binoculars, I think. Um, yeah. And she kept cleaning the window. <laughs> that was, that was but I just felt that, you know, clearly she doesn't know how to handle 
maybe being in a relationship now because I didn't like I, I didn't like how she handled being in that relationship, not being honest with Ryan and the way it all came about, how they all found out. And then the way that she just was like, well, my son is upset. So now I'm going to be a total bitch to this guy and push him away and self-sabotage. Yeah, that was so disappointing. Like, first of all, why do you feel the need to lie to your grown-up son about Mm -hmm. your grown-up relationship? Right. And maybe it's just having been that, you know, kind of not able to really put herself first or not, you know, not knowing how to do that and how to be honest and, you know, accepting the things that she wants or that she feels that she is owed or deserved now, you know, because of being in that role and kind of part of her journey of Ryan's new life and her new life now. She just doesn't know how to do it. Right. And I can accept that. I just was disappointed in her, you know? I agree. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I thought I thought um he was good for her. I can't even remember his name. Doesn't matter. <laughs> he was but nice to look at. He was very nice to look at. So <laughs> Yeah, that guy. <laughs> but well, um, we, know, we know what the show is really about, Ryan. So yeah, I love uh, his work, his work life. I was just gonna say Kelly, Kim, yeah, Kim, <laughs> Kim. He's he's the best. <laughs> she is the best. I think at one point Ryan or someone says everyone needs a Kim in their life, and I absolutely agree. Yeah, uh, she's yeah. I definitely like the diversity of the cast and that we've seen so far. Um, I think for his gay characters, he actually made sure to hire gay actors. You know, that's always way nice. to in the real world as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I was very upset with, okay, so when Ryan went over to go play poker at Carrie's house, uh-huh. um, they, Carrie was kind of flirting with him a little bit and everything. But right. then he has a boyfriend. And I'm just like, well, and then I got all mad at Carrie. I'm like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't lead him on. <laughs> So I didn't, yes, I did not care for that, that part, but otherwise they're adorable together. Well, yeah, you know, I, uh, I wondered about that, like with, with gay guys, is is that acceptable, more acceptable in their culture, if you will? Um, are they, are they allowed to be a little more free in terms of flirtatiousness and whatnot? Or is it more of a case by case thing? Yeah, I, asking the wrong person. (laughs) I'm just wondering out loud, really. I know neither of us could answer yeah. those questions because we're not gay guys, but... <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but no, I was... I kind of thought that, too. I'm just like, are there maybe different rules, so to speak? Or yeah. Lucy, or, and maybe also being out in... Because what, it takes place in L.A. or California? Are they just yeah. more loose... Oh, speaking of that, what did you think of Ryan's first encounter where he met the dude from Grindr at his boss's birthday party where she threw an entire cake in the garbage? What a, uh, yeah. (laughs) You're going to be, you're all right. You're going to be okay. He wasted an entire cake. (laughs) I would have eaten that. (laughs) Um, So his boss, Olivia, is a hoot. At one point, she told Ryan, she's like, as a fellow victim... And how she could potentially be hit by a car someday. So she's hysterical. But yeah, and then she throws a cake in the tr- whole fucking cake in the trash can with a goddamn smile on her face. After she smells it. But yeah, the uh, I felt I felt so bad because all I got was a hair fluff at the end. 
no one no one wants to get a hair fluff. It's like a pet on the head, like, oh nice try, bunny. No one wants that. Oh uh, yeah, I mean it was it was pretty awkward. But, I'd imagine yeah. that's awkward and no. <laughs> Seeing again, like not being single, I don't know, like, do these things happen? Do you happen to go to a party and meet someone that you've been talking to through like a, a dating app and then you go and hook up and it's either successful or awkward like um i can answer that <laughs> <laughs> i mean don't feel like you need to but i mean by all means um it's an emphatic yes but <laughs> i didn't i didn't have i, I didn't have his results <laughs> you didn't just get a hair fluff a hair tussle no never <laughs> <laughs> no never you sound offended that I even suggested it <laughs> oh, I, I am <laughs> so that seemed not relatable <laughs> no no not really but um, you know Ryan's awkwardness was partially due to the whole V card not being punched yet but also his disability too like I don't think he was open about it on the dating apps they didn't really go into that too much but it would it seemed it implied that he wasn't and it's, yeah it seemed like he was still a bit in the closet about that about his uh, disability yeah. and letting his coworkers and everyone think that his limp was due to getting hit by a car and how he just kind of rode that for the season for the short little season. Yeah. Um, I believe it went the whole way through, but <laughs> um, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's another aspect of disabled life. That's really interesting with, you know, dating in, in the modern world with apps and whatnot. Um, do you be honest about it or not? And if you want to be honest about it, when? Like, do you wait until you meet in person? Do you wait until you chat more? Do you just put it out there on the profile? Hmm. It, it's a really hard thing to gauge. Ugh. Dating just sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, like, there's just like a lot, I don't know, like a lot of thought, pre-thought too much thought i'm an overthinker as it is i don't need to add anything any more yeah, reasons so, to overthink anything so when you add something like disability and it just makes it way worse <laughs> so you know it's kind of like that for ryan with that guy he's like oh yeah this guy really likes me i'm so happy and then it turned out to be just physically awkward yeah i did like um him and kim's little pep talk um before going out to the pool party shouting out like the body parts that they liked of themselves you know that was really cool that was that was really cool trying to up themselves i have never done that with anyone me neither <laughs> but a really cool idea yeah maybe i could have used that earlier in my life i don't know <laughs> you know i don't think it's a bad thing i think maybe we all could have maybe used a little something like that i probably could have I still do, actually. Cheer me on. Tell me how great I am. <laughs> we usually do, don't we? Uh, I, sometimes. I don't know. We're kind well, of assholes to each other. Recorded, so you're great. And Thanks. You're, you're great. And you're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And you're pretty. 
permanent evidence now. Do with it what you will. All right. It's recorded. It's out there. It's going to be out there. Um, okay. It needs to be out there. <laughs> the world needs to know. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Um, going on. Continuing on about special. Um, <laughs> we might end up actually spending this whole episode talking about the series. Yeah. Because, okay, so in episode seven... I liked how the episodes were titled chapters. Yeah, I, I think it's been along with this book, but I haven't confirmed oh, that 100%. So I, I'm not sure. His blind, deaf date being oh, set okay, up. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Olivia's cousin, who she knows has a big dick. No, don't need to know why. No, then, no, don't. No. Don't <laughs> no. But then, like, what was. Because mm, I feel like I missed it, but like her whole reasoning of setting up Ryan with her deaf cousin, because why? Just because her cousin was his name, I think Michael. Yeah. Just because he's he's deaf, he has a a you know disability, so she's like, oh well, they have to have something in common. I think that was her reasoning in terms of them maybe having something in common, but when. When Ryan totally blew that date, you know, she was, there's probably the scene where I actually appreciated her for like, oh, for a moment there, you're a decent person. Because what Ryan experienced there was internalized ableism, which is yeah. what a lot of disabled people have. And yeah, I know, I know of disabled people who would never deign to, to date another disabled person, whether that person is has the same disability as them or is more disabled than them or less than disabled than them. They don't care. They won't do it. And I don't I know. Some, some people say it for practical reasons. Like how can you be in a, a relationship together when neither one of you has the capacity to ever take care of the other and things like that. But a lot of it is, is a lot of it is what Ryan did to that Michael. I mean, he, was, she did, he was awful. Yeah. And she made, I, I did kind of like that that scene um yeah because she did call him out on his shit which i felt like in a way he needed to hear because he was kind of so caught up in his world and what he experiences and his maybe his own limitations whether he feels that he has limitations or there actually are any kind you know it's just she's like look you're because what did she she's um elitist type comment that um yeah Oh, yeah, because I guess Michael had said something to Olivia, and Olivia told Ryan um, about being, or something like, I don't fucking remember, but yeah, something about, yeah, his elitist attitude, because he's able to do more than a deaf person or something. Um, mm -hmm. Just, I thought that was interesting, and kind of like a, for so far in that, in the season, uh, a rare moment of from Olivia. Right. I mean, not rare, because it's still just kind of blunt honesty, but... No, that was... You're right. That was definitely true to form for her. But, you know, it kind of... It put a spotlight on that aspect of disabled life as well. Like, hey, just because Ryan's disabled doesn't mean that he's a good person necessarily, or that he's an innocent person, sure. and he could never do anything like this. We're all people, and we're all flawed, even even more so than just, just the way that we walk or the way that we look or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, he was a bit of an asshole there and he's had yeah. other moments in the show where he was an asshole too, sure. but that was, that was probably the worst one for me. But yeah. at the same time, 
if I'm being honest, I can empathize with it. I mean, I've had moments of, of being ableist in a way, not so much in like the dating scene, but just just in the fact that, you know, I kind of I'm I'm even more in that demographic that that Ryan complained about being in when when he was with the physical therapist, you know, not disabled enough to be considered disabled, but disabled enough to not be considered abled. Yeah. And, you know, I was hugely competitive with my twin brother from day one. And if he could do something, I could do something too. And I just, for a while, I refused to see myself as anything else. So when anyone tried to, you know, uh, remind me that I, I was disabled, I am disabled, you know, I, I took it personally. I took it as an offense rather than actually they're telling me this because they're trying to help me figure this out. Mm-hmm. I just not being such a stubborn asshole, you know. <laughs> what? You a stubborn asshole? No, oh, no neither. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I haven't completely learned that lesson. I'm still a bit of a stubborn asshole at times. But, I, you know, I just, over the years, I've I've had to confront that within myself like when I was single most recently I realized that I had never actually disabled dated another disabled person so you know I gave that a try see what it was like yeah it was interesting you know I've never done that maybe I should (laughs) (laughs) just checking things off the old bucket list (laughs) yeah actually that's that's a whole whole other discussion (laughs) (laughs) let's see we talked about ryan's mom a bit yeah i kind of so and kind of going back a little bit i kind of felt for like the scene where she's like quietly where she's like quietly crying in the freezer she's at her mom's and just kind of that in the moment you get that sense of her being like overwhelmed and not really having anything for herself yet because she was just starting to date Phil. I think I saw the name Phil. I'm going to assume that's, yeah, that's, that's Silver it. Fox's that's name. <laughs> um, I just wanted, I guess, like, that scene I just felt was very relatable for me as, like, a mom and someone who has gone through the steps of caring for their parent and just overwhelming and everything else that her character may have been going through. But, yeah, in that moment, I was just like, yeah. I know what it's like to quietly sob in the freezer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't had to care for a parent yet, so I can't really empathize there. But I did feel for her, you know, um, especially growing up in a household where, uh, you know, we had our chores and our jobs to do to take care of the household and whatever we wanted or needed kind of came second to that. So, you know, I'm... I don't know. It's weird. I've never really, for for a huge portion of my life anyway, I never really lived for myself either. And even now, sometimes I have to be reminded to put myself first sometimes. I don't, I have no idea what it'd be like caring for a parent like that, though. Yeah. Um, I don't know how, I don't know how you did it, really. Yeah, it's, for me, it was definitely not one of those things, like, you, not like you stop to think about it. It's just something something had to be done you had to do it kind of thing but yeah but yeah so I'm have you heard if it's gonna be renewed for a second season 
I haven't. There's still media conversations about it every now and then. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe if there's capacity for one, I mean, I would dearly love to see it. Uh, yeah. Just in terms of, you know, I know it's not really the target demographic for anyone other than disabled people and maybe to an extent uh, the LGBTQ population. But mm-hmm. I think it does a really good job of raising awareness for both and humanizing things that are hard to relate to otherwise. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I found it, I guess I get like kind of more questions, just curious, you know, like these are things that I'm not part of this world. I don't live in that world. So I don't, these are not things that I have thought about, but now that I have seen it and, you know, and through conversations with you, it just kind of opens my eyes a little bit more, makes me a little bit more aware, like you said, bringing that awareness. Um, And I hope that even people that are outside of its maybe main target demographic still check it out because it's, it's good. And I think that, like you said, it humanizes a lot of things and kind of puts things into that perspective of, so, you know, this, these are the struggles of this character. How relatable is that for people in the disabled community and or LGBTQ community and everything. You know what I mean? It's just, for me, I just kind of was like, huh. (laughs) Well, I mean, as far as it, right. As far as it bringing up more questions, I'm not surprised by that. And, you know, maybe it'd be a good idea to actually answer some of those now if you wanted to, (laughs) but you know, it, it managed to touch on other issues that might be more relatable for people too, like the caring for a, a, an, an ailing parent or getting back onto the dating scene after you've been a single parent for so yeah. long. Or like with um, with Kim's situation, you know, yeah. not fitting a stereotypical uh, American beauty type. Mm-hmm. And, and then dealing, how she dealt with that and, you know, trying to keep up appearances when you don't have the money yeah. for it things like that all those situations were relatable and i like how they're all kind of happening around a disabled person like yes we're actually a part of this stupid world yeah yeah absolutely no it was it was good like i said i i enjoyed it again thank you for the recommendation hopefully um hopefully there is a second season we get to see a little bit more into ryan's world and how they all kind of are navigating yeah life I was I guess I was a little like when it came to like Karen and Phil you know and after she was like oh yeah you know Ryan's totally cool with us dating now and Phil's like nope sorry don't want to deal with that shit I understood it I mean it'd be interesting to find out a little bit more about Phil because kind of based on his response there I got this impression that like been there done that you know like had to be concerned about kids or you know whether it's his kids or someone else's kids like he's ready to live his golden years and kind of live that 50 plus lifestyle of you know I want to date and then having that freedom to go do whatever the hell they'd want to do right because he was just like yep nope I'm not not gonna go dealing with this back and forth you know with the baggage and the drama understandable yeah it is after a certain point is just like they know what they will and will not deal with and that's respectable. I just, in a way, I felt bad for Karen, but at the same time, she kind of did it to herself. She did. I felt I felt bad for both of them on that respect. But I gotta, you know, I gotta give him credit. He tried. She's mm-hmm. she's the one who pushed that too far. Mm-hmm. 
Nope, absolutely. So, and then, yeah, because then the season ended with, um, because, yeah, Ryan and Karen had their big fight. Ryan says to her, it takes two to be codependent, which I thought fit wonderfully, especially for those two. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it'll be, I'm intrigued. I like the characters. Yeah, and codependency definitely describes their relationship. Absolutely. And, uh. It was it's sad because you know it's really easy for that kind of relationship to evolve like that because mm-hmm. I mean okay so I'm physically disabled I have CP and all that but I kind of took the opposite path where I live a largely independent life and my mom is is not really a a part of it as a caretaker or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then my younger half siblings on the autism spectrum, and he still lives at home with them, you know. And mm-hmm. again, different disabilities, different situations. But it was interesting the dynamics when we were growing up. Like, you know, my mom always encouraged my independence, but she didn't do that to the same extent as she, you know, with my brother as she did with me. So it was more like she played the role of the enabler. And I feel like that that's what Karen had done with ryan for so long mm-hmm. and when when ryan finally wanted to escape that i don't think either one of them was completely ready for it yeah i could see that you kind of got that sense too it's a good show it is a good show like i said way i hope much, like i said way too much that i could relate with <laughs> <laughs> and you know again not to say that it's you know from my perspective not to say that it's completely unrelatable you know, there are definitely, definitely aspects that are, you know, just with the main character, you know, and what he's going through, those aren't the same as myself. And that's more than okay, because that representation, that diversity, you know, for someone, you know, like you with CP and seeing someone with CP in a show talking about the same things that you have felt over the years and have said and, and thought and everything, I can't, I mean, it's whenever I see like growing up in like the 80s and 90s and seeing like an Asian American, you know, an Asian woman in the star or something like when Margaret Cho was coming up, I thought that was a huge fucking thing. I was was, like all about it. I was super floored. She had her sitcom, All American Girl, very short lived, but I watched the shit out of it because finally it was someone who looked like me that had maybe not the same exact kind of problems or scenarios but it was just nice to see a familiar face in that sense yeah definitely and you know you never really see you never really see disabled people on tv or in movies unless and they're a starring like, role especially well, yeah they're if they're in the movies it's always is like a, a token character or or someone to make someone be there to remind the main character of why they should feel yeah. good about being who they are yeah. And I am so tired of being of being in that role. Like, you know, I know people mean well when they're like, Oh, you're so inspirational, but <laughs> <sighs> like I don't well, find you inspirational like, if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> it does. But you know, you know, it's like the whole the term inspiration porn. It exists, and we are we are that for people. And it's like, God damn it! If I'm gonna be a porn star, I might as well get paid for it. <laughs> oh my God! Because and then oh shit! What was it? The physical therapist says 
something about like people are into drool or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, as I was told by by a mutual friend of ours, there are people who have fetishes in just about anything. Oh yes. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> um yeah, so great great short little season, hoping for more. We are almost at 50 minutes, so I don't think we're going to get to Good Omens. Um, We can do that next time, right? Absolutely. So hopefully next time we'll be able to carve out some time. You'll be able to come over. We'll be able to have some time to sit and shoot the shit and then talk Good Omens. Um, That'll give me a chance to rewatch it for a third time. I was like watching it when I was rewatching it like the other day or the other week. I was like, God, can David... Tenant capable of making a bad entrance? <laughs> no. No, no. Well, no, wait, wait, yeah. Mm? His character in Harry Potter, but that was a deliberately bad entrance. Yeah. I should have known you were going to bring that up. Can't help it. <laughs> All right, well, so I guess that's about it for us. Did you have any, any uh, final thoughts on special or anything you're currently watching right now or suggestions recommendations well like i mentioned earlier we're on an avatar the last airbender bender (laughs) 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 we've been watching that as like a a a family thing before bedtime you know oh sure yeah because my son has been getting in trouble at school for acting out some of his favorite cartoons like Avengers and things like that, you know, where they're beating up the bad guys. And it's yeah. like, no, you don't have to beat up the bad guys. You don't have to kill the bad guys. Let's watch a show about a good guy who's like the nicest person in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's what we're doing. It seems to be helping. So that's kind of mainly what we're watching right now. We haven't had a lot of free time TV-wise, unfortunately. Plus, it's football season. Ah, so. uh, yeah. Yep, football season, doing fantasy football. I've thrown my phone several times. So oh. now I'm just shooting for last place. I'm in sixth out of seventh, so I'm not too happy about that. <laughs> it's been a rough season. Yes, it has. <laughs> you know how much I love my phone, and I got mad and I threw it. So you got a good case for it then. If I threw mine, it'd probably be done. I already broke it. So. <laughs> yeah there's not been much else i did do i did finish the boys that was an awesome show that was a good show jill and i were gonna jill and i were gonna be the ones to talk about it we still might earlier today she was like oh i don't know if i'm gonna be like the right person to talk like a you know kind of a comic book based show and i'm like i never i don't read the comics so i don't know i'm not familiar with the source material just whatever i happen to read online afterwards uh otherwise that's probably one of my l- more recent binges. Otherwise, lately, I've just been stuck in a Letterkenny loop. Oh, yeah, I gotta check that out. Um, yeah. They're the coming boys, to Milwaukee. They are? Mm-hmm. They're coming to Milwaukee in March. Tickets go on sale tomorrow, so I'm gonna try and get some tickets, and Timmy and I will go, and that's gonna be my birthday present. Sweet. So. Well, uh, I, yeah, I just have to check that out. But um, with the boys, Aaron and I had a, a bit of a we had a, a moment of self-reflection, I guess, because, you know, that scene with the dolphin? Oh, <laughs> way too much of that. 
I think that was the scene where I messaged you and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that was... Um, uh, yeah. I mean, even just like the weirdo conversation in the van leading up to that. Yep. And then and watching the it all happen. And, and the Spice Girls playing, you know, if you want to be my mother. Yes. Um, just like, no. Oh, yeah, because the other characters, the boys had just had that conversation about being Spice Girls and all working together, which was fucking hilarious. Oh, um, yeah, anyway, yeah. so maybe we will have to talk about the boys more in depth, but we've got to do good omens, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. But yeah, so that's, yeah, Letterkenny and um, American Horror Story, the newest season, which is currently airing. Um, we've been watching that. Uh, that's been a fun, fun watch because they're doing like 80s horror movies. Oh, cool. And it's just a campy good time. Just still nice and gory. Nice American Horror Story gore. But if you like 80s horror movies, then I think you would appreciate this season, at least so I far. Love- I love the 80s horror movies. They're so bad, but so good. Yeah, this is this is a good one. You just, yeah. We've we've really enjoyed it. We're just like cracking up, laughing, and then but also just like, oh my god, that was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the emotions that American Horror Story evokes. I haven't watched this yet either, but for comparative purposes, I kind of want to. The show's been canceled now, but it ran for a few seasons. It's called Speechless, hmm. and again, it's a it's another show where the main character is a character with CP, but the show is titled Speechless because his CP is so severe that he can't talk, so he uses one of those Stephen Hawking esque soundboards, hmm. and uh, he's uh, he's in high school, so you know I've been I've been a little wary to watch it because of that, like I'm not sure if I'll get the same level of appreciation out of it. Yeah. But at the same time it's it's one of the first it's one of the first shows that ended up going on uh, mainstream TV because it was on it was um run by ABC. Yeah. And the other thing is a comedian named Zach Anner who has CP is one of the writers for the show and the dude does some pretty hilarious sometimes inappropriate YouTube videos about oh, being cool. so they are always worth checking out. I like inappropriate. Yeah, he goes there sometimes. Let's see. Speechless. Oh, okay. Um, oh, Mini Driver. Cedric. Okay. I kind of remember seeing yeah. um, commercials and stuff for this. So, you know, I was never home to watch it when it came on, and, and I don't have DVR or anything. So I just figured I'd, I'd pick up and watch it one day when I got around to it and then it ended up getting canceled. So bit bummed about that, but it might still be worth watching. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah, why not? Well, I guess that's it. Yeah. Felix is home. Oh, all right. Well, I'll let you get to Felix and everything. So thanks for being tolerated once again. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, we will schedule time and hopefully do good omens sooner than later. In the meantime, thanks for listening, everyone. This has been my streaming bubble and keep streaming.